I would like to lay a little foundation. I, I want to share something personal first. Though. I, I, the first time I ever preached was, what, a little over 35 years ago? I, I've had the privilege, not often, but occasionally to preach in uh, five different cities, towns, uh, three different holiness denominations. And today is a very, very special day for me personally, because it's the first time my pastor has ever been in the sanctuary when I preached. And don't, that does not make me nervous at all, please. That's, that's an encouraging thing for me. Um, as my mentor, uh, you know, I, I, I tell him, and, and occasionally I tell all of you, I really don't care whether you thought I did a good job or not, because I'm not here to perform. Um, you know, you, you pat me on the head, tell me I did a good sermon, that don't mean anything to me. Tell me God spoke to you and what, what was said, that means something to me. But his opinion matters to me, so uh, you, you do need to know that. Um, so it is, it's an incredibly special day for me. Um, of course, anytime I get to be the preacher, uh, I, 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 the, uh, there's a storyteller was famous about 30 years ago named Mike Warnke, and uh, he would start his albums when, when he says, I, <laughs> I get to be the preacher. Um, I, I really don't like it when they talk about the state employees <laughs> being one. Uh, of course, I don't work for HHS. I work for corrections. It's all <laughs> not, well, now you're talking about the governor because that's the only person in my chain of command. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but it's, a, it's a special day for me and, and hopefully it'll be special for you by the time we're done. Um, we're going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 55 today. And uh, do me a favor, just kind of ignore this a little bit. Girls, thanks for help. I'm going to skip if I have to turn it on. IT guy, you think I could make this technology work? No, it is turned on. Turn it off and on again. There we go. I'm going to ask you to be patient with me, though, because I'd like to read the whole chapter. We're going to start, we're going to start teaching there, but I'm going to read the whole thing because it is just phenomenal, this chapter. You're going to recognize little bits of this that you've heard before, you've sung in songs, and you might not know that it all goes together and comes from the same chapter of the Bible. And I was just really jazzed. And every once in a while, I like to read a little bit dramatically instead of just, you know, reading it like it's a, a textbook. It says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful, with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and a commander to the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to God and he will have mercy on them and to our God and he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. 
As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. I, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst in song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, instead of the briars the myrtle will grow, for this is the Lord's renown, be an everlasting, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And we're going to start in, uh, in verses 8 and 9. It says, For your thoughts, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. How do you usually hear that context? Where do you usually say that verse? Is that an inspirational kind of thing? Or, or most often is that a, I don't know what God's doing. <laughs> God's ways are higher than my ways. My ways are not like his. And this kind of goes to the heart of, of what we're going to be doing in the Gospel Project. Now, I, I'm going to talk more about the project in a second, but it goes to why I picked this verse, because that's not what this says. It's not what this says at all. We're going to back up here to verse 6 now, because it, it starts 4, so it means something. In another version, it probably says, therefore. What's therefore mean? What's that therefore? Seek the, uh, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. I'm sorry. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. Now that's good advice. That's awesome. Think, whatever unrighteousness is in your life, whatever problem is in your life, whatever's messing you up, take it to the Lord who is merciful and who will freely pardon. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. That's a different context. That's a whole different meaning for that passage. This isn't just a, I don't know what God's doing because he, you know, he's God and I'm not, and I don't know what he's thinking. And because I, I, that's not what this says at all. God's ways are higher than ours. We should aspire to come to him with whatever junk it is in our lives, whatever's messing us up, whatever's keeping us from being the people he wants us to be, whatever's weighing us down, we bring that to him because he is our supply. His ways are higher. That's not how we deal with people real often, is it? I mean, we, we should aspire to, but somebody comes and just dumps their junk in your lap. Um, how do you respond? I had a project at work this week. We had nine people who were moving and some of them were getting new computers and some of them weren't. And some people who weren't moving were getting new computers. And, 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 and I didn't have a real clear list of, uh, of who was moving and who was not and who was getting new computers and who was not. And my supervisor just dumped this whole project in my lap. And I can tell you that my thoughts were not higher than his at that point. <laughs> I was just like absolutely confused. Had no idea. I did my best, messed some things up. And I got to go back to him, and, and he fixed it and made it all better for me. So I guess he would be God in that story, <laughs> um, at the end of that story at least. But I, 
is that where that should lay, that God's ways are higher than ours? Now, there's a certain extent to that that that's always going to be because he is God and I am not, neither you. Um, I don't care what you tell your spouse or your kids. Uh, you're not God either. But are we not made in the image of God? Were we not created to be like him? Is the Holy Spirit not about the business of conforming us to his image by the renewing of our minds? The answer is yes. Okay, <laughs> some of you are just sitting there looking at me. I'm, I'm gonna let you know a little preacher secret. Okay, all that feedback stuff, we preach better. When if you just sit there and look at me, it's like, okay. Um, that's a note for you, Russ. <laughs> I, uh, I had to, the, the per- I'll tell that story later. Um, we are to be like him. Our ways are to become more like his ways. Our thoughts are to become more like his thoughts. That's not an excuse for weird stuff happening in our life. That's an aspiration. We bring this stuff to him. He conforms us to his image. He makes us more like him. We think more like him. How does that happen? Does it just, you come to church and it soaks in and you go home and it, it lasts all week and no, because I know if you're only coming, if, if your whole dose of, of Bible is Sunday morning, probably by supper time it's gone. Um, I'm sorry, that's the truth. There's, there's no magic here. There's nothing, there's no osmosis. It happens through constant exposure to the word. And in this context, I'm going to start with the word in the context that John does in chapter one. In the beginning was the word. Who is that word? Jesus. The word is Jesus. The living word, the one who came and lived out his life in front of people so that we could see what God is like. Do we have that advantage? Not directly. Jesus isn't sitting in a room. Personally. But we do have two things that are left to us. First, we have the written word. And we have the Holy Spirit. God has not left us alone. Just because Jesus went to heaven doesn't mean that God left us alone. He sent us the Holy Spirit. So we spend time in his word. There's no substitute for time. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you there is. I wish there was. (laughs) I have a long day. I've told you before, my commute total round trip is three hours on top of my work day. I would love to be able to come home and just whatever, you know, whatever we do with our evenings and, and not have to worry about time spent in word, in the word. It doesn't work that way. You've got to spend time. What does Isaiah say to us about, pardon me, about the word? Let me get to where we're at. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to the earth, return to it without watering the earth 
and make it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish the purpose that I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Is it getting in? Do you know how to spend time in the word? Is it magic? There's no such thing as magic Christianity. There just isn't. Um, Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, if you've been around me long, and, and some of you have because you suffered long through my, uh, my, my little class over here, you hear me saying this all the time. You got to spend time in the Word. You got to spend time in the Word. And you're probably, if, if you don't have an understanding of that, you're probably going, Scott, how does that work? So ask me, Scott, how does that work? I'm glad you asked. I'd like to give you a tool. I'd like to put a tool in your hands that will help you, will help your teens, will help your children. It's a tool. I, I, I want to stress that, again, because there's no such thing as magic in Christianity. But it's a tool. We are introducing a program called the Gospel Project. Now, for folks who are in the Gospel Foundation class, this is a little deeper, a little slower. Gospel Foundations, we, we would have gone through the Bible, entire Bible in 43 weeks. This is a three-year program, so we're going to slow it down. If you're curious about where we're at, we're actually going to pick up right about where we left off. But we are going to go through the whole Bible over three years all together. Grown-ups, teens, kids, all together. Not the same, not exactly the same thing, because it will be age-appropriate for the kiddies. But we're going to go through the Bible together. Everybody's studying the same lesson, the same passages of Scripture, the same stories for the kids. And you will have an opportunity, if you use the tool, not just to inculcate information down through the age, but to build those biblical relationships that, that come from the Holy Spirit working. Understand the Holy Spirit works through the Word. So as we study together, as we live together, for, for those of us who are all in the same house, as we are in small groups together or wherever we meet, we will have opportunity to spend time together on the same passages of Scripture. Whoever preaches is going to preach on the same, same section. It won't be, I'm sure it won't be the exact same lesson, so don't think it's, you know, you're going to have to listen to the same thing twice. You might, but probably not. Um, it's not just a lesson either, though. Because for the adults and the teens, there are daily devotionals to go home and dig deeper into what we're studying. And again, it's something to do together. Husbands and wives do it together. Parents and teens do it together. There are little uh, take-home sheets for the kiddies and cards to put on your, your refrigerator to remind you what the theme is for the week, to keep these ideas before your family for the entire week. As, so you can dig deeper and talk about what things mean and get a real sense of Jesus being on every page of the Bible. Because it's not just 
I'll open the Bible and read the scripture. We're going we're gonna to show you Jesus on every page of the Bible, understand how it's one big book, one big story. I tell you all the time, God has one plan, God has one book. Okay? Um, so all of that goes together. We're going to engage in daily devotional reading and meditation. Why meditation? What does meditation mean to you? Okay, there's an Eastern form of meditation, and you have to understand that in Eastern meditation, the idea is to empty your mind, be present in the moment. That's not biblical meditation. Meditation in Scripture means to take the Word, ponder it, chew on it, cogitate. We could, I, there are like two dozen good words for think. Um, how does this Word apply in my life? What's going to be different because of what I read? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me today about things he's done in my life that I can celebrate, things that are maybe not right in my life that I need to work on or that he's going to work on through me? Or maybe just glorify God in, in what's read. Um, get a better understanding of who he is and how that impacts my life. Again, because our goal is to be like Jesus. And that's only going to happen because we have spent time in his word, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. But not just for our own benefit. Because as pastor said, it ain't about you. God is not transforming us into his image so that we will be happy people. He's not transforming us into his image just so we will be holy people. He is transforming us into his image because we live in a world full, uh, full of hurt and dying people who are in desperate need of rescue yes. just like us. And if we're not doing our job to expand the kingdom into the world, and plainly we haven't been because walk outside and look around. It's a mess. The church has not been the church to our country. How will God, through Reading Riverview, let's, I mean, this is our, this is our, our place here, reach your neighborhood? How will it reach your workplace? How will it reach the places you inhabit, the clubs you belong to, the, the activities you participate in, if you are not being Jesus to that person? How will the word get there so that it can do that if it's not happening through us? I'm not trying to lay a heavy burden on you. I'm just trying to tell you this is a really good tool that we're going to put in your hands. It's fabulous if you will use it, if you will make the commitment. And the commitment, there are several. Well, let's just talk about the time one for a minute. It will take time. It will. I wish I'd had something like this when my kiddos were little. Um, I tried several things with them, mostly failed. I confess it, I'm sorry. I wish it hadn't been like that for my kids' sake and my own. Um, I'm fortunate God saved them all anyway. 
Uh, but there was nothing good ever put in my hands to allow me to disciple my children, to help me to disciple my children. And uh, use this. Take the time. Put it into practice. Get the best out of it that you can for yourself, for them, and for the world beyond. Pastors here, and we got a boatload of us for a small church. Uh, I, I always look at that and go, God must have incredible things planned. Because for a church this small to have four pastors, um, there must be incredible things coming. But we cannot be the places you are. I can't be in your house to disciple your children. Amen. I can't be in your house to disciple your youth. And I only get an hour with you on Sunday morning. So uh, unless we do something outside of that, I'm not going to be there to disciple you for that either. Um, but we can be there for one another. We can use the tool. We can spend the time in the Word going together. Uh, I will be available for the adults, please. I, I told them all through Gospel Foundations, feel free to, uh, to ask me questions, email me questions. I did have one student who took advantage of that, uh, challenged the daylights out of me. If I don't know, I'll tell you I don't know. That's okay, I'll get you an answer. But uh, there is just some tremendous opportunities. And what should we see? We do have a goal here that we want to see. Um, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow juniper, instead of the briars the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Does that mean everything will be easy? Nope. There are thorn bushes that need to be cleared. There are briars that need to be burned. There are ground to be tilled and plants to be planted and work to be done, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Hopefully through all of this, we're going to help you find what your, your gifts and calling are. Um, it, it's an odd thing. I'll, I'll, I'll share kind of a personal insight I picked up this week. And in, in, in church, we typically think of people being trained and moving up into leadership. And, that's, and it's always frustrating because as you get closer to the top, there are fewer and fewer positions. That's on its head. Um, what you really want to think of um, is multi-level marketing without picking a brand, but of investing your life in someone who will invest their life in someone who will invest their life in someone as the kingdom spreads and spreads and spreads. And that's how the work gets done. That's how the kingdom advances. That's how you move up by building into other people. And you have gifts. You have gifts Amen. that are designed specifically to help you do that. You may not be a preacher. You may not be a teacher. Chances are you won't. There aren't a lot of places for that. But you have something that you are specifically gifted for in the body of Christ, for the building up of the body, for the advancement of the kingdom. And you will only discover that by spending time in the Word, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, in cooperation with other believers. And we want that for you.